Genesis. It also afforded a deeper, more satisfying spiritual experience. He believed that the little we do know about nature suggests that we know even less about God. We had only just managed to get an inkling of the grandeur of the cosmos and its exquisite laws that guide the evolution of trillions, if not infinite numbers of worlds. This newly acquired vision made the God who created the world seem hopelessly local and dated, bound to transparently human misperceptions and conceits of the past. This was no glib assertion on his part. He avidly studied the world's religions, both living and defunct, with the same hunger for learning that he brought to scientific subjects. He was enchanted by their poetry and history. When he debated religious leaders, he frequently surprised them with his ability to outquote the sacred texts. Some of these debates led to long-standing friendships and alliances for the protection of life. However, he never understood why anyone would want to separate science, which is just a way of searching for what's true, from what we hold sacred, which are those truths that inspire love and awe. His argument was not with God, but with those who believed that our understanding of the sacred had been completed. Science's permanently revolutionary conviction that the search for truth never ends seemed to him the only approach with sufficient humility to be worthy of the universe that it revealed. The methodology of science, with its error-correcting mechanism for keeping us honest, in spite of our chronic tendencies to project, to misunderstand, to deceive ourselves and others, seemed to him the height of spiritual discipline. If you are searching for sacred knowledge, and not just a palliative for your fears, then you will train yourself to be a good skeptic. The idea that the scientific method should be applied to the deepest of questions is frequently decried as scientism. This charge is made by those who hold that religious beliefs should be off-limits to scientific scrutiny, that beliefs, convictions without evidence that can be tested, are a sufficient way of knowing. Carl understood this feeling, but he insisted with Bertrand Russell that what is wanted is not the will to believe, but the desire to find out, which is the exact opposite. And in all things, even when it came to facing his own cruel fate, he succumbed to pneumonia on December 20th, 1996, after enduring three bone marrow transplants. Carl didn't want just to believe. He wanted to know. Until about 500 years ago, there had been no such wall separating science and religion. Back then, they were one and the same. It was only when a group of religious men who wished to read God's mind realized that science would be the most powerful means to do so, 
that a wall was needed. These men, among them Galileo, Kepler, Newton, and much later Darwin, began to articulate and internalize the scientific method. Science took off for the stars, and institutional religion, choosing to deny the new revelations, could do little more than build a protective wall around itself. Science has carried us to the gateway to the universe, and yet our conception of our surroundings remains the disproportionate view of the still small child. We are spiritually and culturally paralyzed, unable to face the vastness, to embrace our lack of centrality, and find our actual place in the fabric of nature. We batter this planet.